name and everyone said five keys to self-control of course we've been talking about for the last nine weeks or so name and everyone's name and everyone's heard it we've been talking about how the name and everyone's name and everyone's from the Holy Spirit, they come through, the, which we all know, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that that spirit lives in our mortal body, amen, and we all know that we all got two people in us, can I get a witness? Matter of fact, let's, since we're in Galatians, go, go to Galatians 5, now look at verse 16, look at verse 16, it says, I say then, walk in the spirit, look at your neighbor, say walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh because as believers we are still contending with our flesh can I get a witness all of us are still in what I would call a tug of war if you will between our spirit and our flesh because even though I'm pastor still Reggie is still there I'm, I don't know about you but I've been trying to keep him dead can I anybody try to keep that other person in you suppressed and, 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 and guess what? We'll be trying to keep that person in check until we go home to be with Jesus. I remember somebody had asked me one time, they said, now, pastor, now that I'm born again, believer, and I'm saved, and I'm sanctified, and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, does that mean that I'm delivered from temptation? I said, absolutely not. I said, matter of fact, the enemy going to even come at you even harder now that you've made the transition into God's kingdom. Ultimately, his job is to try to get you to leave the kingdom of light and get you back connected to the kingdom of darkness. And there's a scripture, and we'll get into it. Matter of fact, let's look at it real quick, just to validate my point. Look at James chapter 1, verse 12. Look at this. James chapter uh, 1, verse 12. It says, blessed, that word blessed means that you'll have special favor. So it says, blessed is the man who endures. Somebody say endures. Temptation. Now that we have the Holy Spirit in us and we possess the nine fruit of the Spirit, amen, we can now, now, now we have a leverage and an edge on the enemy because of the one that lives on the inside of us. King James Version, if you read 1 John 4, 4, it says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So now that we're born again, blood ball, we've been sanctified, set apart and all that, now we're not trying to get the victory. We fight from our place of victory. Anybody hear what I'm saying? You're not trying to get the victory. You already have the victory because you're already an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Amen. You are already, amen. God has already made us uh, uh, heirs of God, joint heirs. Not only that, the Bible says in Psalm chapter 8 verse 5 that he's made me and you a little lower than the angels. Amen. So now, let's put that up. So, so thou has made him a little lower than the angels, and he has crowned us with his glory and his honor. Amen? That word, when it talks about he has crowned us that, with his glory, that's talking about his splendor and his majesty. Amen? So now we're ambassadors. Amen? So we fight from our place of victory. I've heard Christians, I'm going to get the victory. You already got the victory. The Bible already said in Isaiah 54 and 17 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So let's get into this a little bit. So today we're going to talk tonight, we're going to conclude this, this nine-week series talking about the keys to self-control because I've said this to people before, just because you got saved, your flesh didn't. Your spirit is saved, but your flesh ain't. Your flesh is progressively getting saved. Can I get a witness up in here? Now, let, let, me, let me ask y'all the question tonight. It's not even a deep question. How many of y'all, you got saved and delivered all in the same day? Raise your hand. That's what I thought. I see one in the back, and they lying, but praise the <laughs> No, I'm just messing with you. Amen. I, I believe God can do that. But the rest of us, the 99.9% .9 of us, we got saved and then we started getting delivered over time. Because I'm not going to sit up here and tell you I got saved and got delivered from marijuana that day. I'm not going to sit up and lie to y'all in church. The Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Come on somebody. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you I got saved and I instantly got delivered from wanting other women. No, gradually, 
as I began to get a relationship with God, as I began to evolve in things of God, and I began to do the James 4, 8, drawing near to God, and he says, I'll draw near to you. And James chapter 4, verse 7 says, if you submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil, then he'll flee. I had to get all these scriptures in me. Then I finally started making some adjustments in my life. But before that, I was saved, but not delivered. Like the rest of y'all. That's why one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is found in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. He says, a work that I've begun, I'm going to continue it. Which means we all are a work in progress. This scripture should get everybody hold. Put, put up Philippians 1, 6 real quick. Look at this, Philippians 1 and, 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 and 6. Mm-hmm. Look at this, Philippians uh, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 6. Be confident of this very thing that which uh, he hath begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a blessing that he says a work that he's, be confident in this, that a work that he's begun, a good work, he says, in you, he's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. What a blessing, amen, that when we mess up, he don't throw us away. Now, I don't know about some of you, I came up in those legalistic, dogmatic churches where if you made a mistake, they would, the pastor would say, God going to get you. And I left church because I'm thinking, if, 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 if this, this God, this loving God that we serve, if I make a mistake and, he's, and I have a human moment, and if he's out to get me, there's no way I'm going to be able to ever meet his expectations, so I might as well just go for bad. I might as well go to hell in style. You know how they would preach that, that stuff? Hell, holiness of hell. Anybody grew up in them kind of churches? And there, there, there was no mercy. They, they never told us about Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22, where it says, go, go to Lamentation chapter 3, uh, verse 22. They just skipped over like, like 80% of the Bible. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Anybody know it's the mercy of God that you were not consumed? Mercy meaning God gave you what you didn't deserve because me and you actually did deserve the judgment of God. But thank God that through his blood, he justified us, that he's declared us righteous. I'm not saying because he's done that, now you can go out here, and you've been given the pass to go live any kind of way. I'm not saying that because Romans chapter 6, verse 1 says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Just because we're under grace, that doesn't give you permission to go out here and act a fool. Grace meaning we don't take advantage of the unmerited, the undeserved favor that he's given us. Amen? You know, um, I, I can remember, you know, teaching a message years ago before I became a pastor. I'm, I'm falling, but I can get up. And I preached out of Proverbs 24 and 16, a righteous man, it didn't say a sinner man, it said a righteous man, he falls seven times, but he gets back up. And I begin to tell the church the travesty is not when you fall, the travesty is when you don't get back up. And that was my last Sunday at that church. Because they told me I preached heresy that day. They was like, that's not of God what you taught on. And I began to talk about how even the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter. And the reason why he said, go tell Peter is because Peter felt bad that he had denied Jesus three times. But the angel was specific. He said, don't, he said, go tell the disciples and Peter. In other words, let Peter know, yeah, he blew it, but I didn't disqualify him. Boy, if God started disqualifying people for blowing it, wouldn't be no church. Can I get a witness up in here? He didn't selected a whole bunch of flawed people. Put up Luke twenty two thirty one. Look at this, Luke twenty two thirty one, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you. Don't think the enemy hasn't asked for you. That he may sift you. Sift means that he wants to break you down as what? We. Next verse. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, <laughs> look at Jesus. Peter, I know you a hot mess. I know you're going to deny me. You talking about you got me, you go ride or die type of individual. But when the, when the rubber hits the road, you're going to be like, who was he? Jesus who? 
Three times he denies him. But Jesus says, I pray your faith fail not. And when you return to me, boy, that should give everybody hope. He knew you was going to lose your mind, but he was like, but I know Colin going to return to me. I know Reggie coming back. I know Karen coming back. I know James coming back. He crazy, but he coming back. I know Greg a hot mess. He in the military going crazy, but he coming back. Nisi, she's a principal's list, but, but, but she got issues just like everybody else. She coming back. Hank out here on these drugs, then lost his mind, then left his wife and kids, but he coming back. That's a true story. I left my wife. Well, she left me. But. <laughs> two months, y'all. Can y'all believe we were two months? Yeah, two months. Can you believe that? Left me. Pastor. I'm just... <laughs> I wasn't no pastor back then. <laughs> but how many of you know God will take a mess though and make you a miracle? You ain't even, I can't even say, look at your name and say, I was a bet. You already know that. We already know. We ain't even got to high five nobody. You need to high five yourself and say, I thank God for the mercy of God that I wasn't consumed, that God loved me so much that he knew the end from the beginning and he knew I would return back to him. So let's, let, 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 let's get into this a little bit because it's important, amen, that we, we have self-control. So number one, uh, uh, one of the f- five keys to self-control is number one, we have to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. We have to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Spirit, go to uh, 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 go to First uh, Thessalonians four and one. First Thessalonians four and, and one. Look at this. First uh, Thessalonians. Finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as uh, you receive from us, and how you ought to walk and please God. Anybody's interested in just pleasing God, you just want to live your life out. Just, I want to be two things. I want to, number one, I want to please God and I want to be effective. I want to be effective. I want to be progressive. I want to raise up people to be effective. So then it goes on next verse. Then it says, for, for you know uh, what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. Next verse. Then it says, for, for this is the will of God, your sanctification which means to be set apart, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Next verse. Then it says that, that each of you should know how to possess your, your own vessel with sanctification and honor. That word possess means to be able to master your vessel because how many you know our vessel can get interesting sometimes? Our, our vessel at times wants to deviate. There are times that our vessel wants to go south. Our vessel wants to go indulge in other things. So he said, possess, which means to master your vessel with sanctification and honor. Next verse. Then it says, not in the passions of a lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Next verse. Then it says that no one should take advantage of of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also uh, uh, forewarn you and testified. Next verse. Then it says, for God did not call us to uncleanliness, but to holiness. Now remember I said, your spirit is saved, but your flesh ain't. But we have to work on crucifying this flesh. What we don't identify, we can't crucify. What you don't confront, you can't conquer. Amen? Even the woman with the woman that got caught in the act of adultery, a lot of people interpret that so wrong because remember Jesus said, go and sin no more. People really focus on the fact that he told her to go and sin no more. But I like this because he said go, which means he was telling her you need to withdraw from that lifestyle. Then he said and sin no more. So he gave her a pass with instructions. So when somebody has a human moment, we should give them a pass because God gave us all the pass through his blood. 
but we're going to give you a pass with instructions. Okay, now this is how you tighten that up. This is how you make adjustments. This is how you get to a place of mastering and possessing your vessel, which, again, we'll be doing until we go home to be with Jesus. Because one thing, one, you'll think you got one thing under control, then something got to show you something else that you need to tighten up. Because this is the thing. If God took every thorn from you, why do you need to be in your word? If God took every thorn, why pray? If God took every thorn from you, why would you fast? If God, let me drop this on you, this deep revelation. If God took every thorn, why would you come to church? We wouldn't even need it. I was at the, the uh, uh, trunk or treat uh, Monday night, and one lady shared with me, she said, one thing I'm grateful for, she said, Pastor, I am grateful for Sunday mornings. She says, but I love Wednesdays because Wednesdays gets me to Sunday. She said, because if I didn't have Wednesday, she said, I know me, I'll be a hot mess. So she said, so thank you for being a church that provides a midweek. Because how many of y'all got to go face them devils on Monday? You got to go face these demons and all these carnal people and some of them hate your guts because of who you are. And then by Wednesday, you need to come up in here and get filled up again. And then you can skip to Friday, come on somebody. And can't wait to Saturday to come. Can I get a witness up in here? <laughs> Next verse. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who also has given us the Holy Spirit. So he's given us the Holy Spirit. So we have to be submitted. We have to yield ourselves. We have to give in to the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that, that aids us and it assists us to be able to journey through life and not crash and burn and flatline. Because there are some people in this Bible that aborted their destiny. People like Samson. People like Saul. And what's interesting with Saul, me personally, I believe David's sin was worse than Saul's when you really look at it because I mean here it is David takes another man's wife you know gets her pregnant he tries to bring Uriah back he gets Uriah drunk y'all have y'all ever read this before and then tells Uriah man we done turned up now go on over there with your wife the whole time David knows she's pregnant by him you talking about young and the restless on steroids this is all my children. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so long story short, Uriah's like, I can't do that. My men are out at war. And then finally, David, like this joker won't even go on over here and make this happen. And then, of course, you know, David had him put in the heat of the battle. Uriah gets murdered. David takes his wife. She mourns her husband's death. They have the baby. Baby dies. Consequences. Then they try again. Of course, Solomon comes on the scene. He lose his mind. Can I get a witness up in here? We talk about he was the wisest man in the earth until he started indulging. Come on, somebody. God even told him there are specific women, King James Version. He said, don't mess with these strange women, King James Version. Because when you mess with strange women, strange things happen. I got any men in here, you mess with some strange women. Oh, they ain't gonna raise their hand, they ain't gonna be. Oh, Pastor, I don't need my wife asking me no questions in the car. Cause she'd be like, well, who was strange? Was you raising your hand about me? <laughs> so I'm glad nobody didn't raise their hand, we good. Nobody gets in trouble. But because of time, I got to run through these. So five keys to self-control. Number one, we have to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another good scripture. Go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7, and we'll move on to our next point. 2 Timothy, everybody knows this scripture. We learned this in Sunday school. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Sound mind meaning he's given us the spirit of self-control. Amen. So number one, submit, five keys to self-control, submit to the Holy Spirit. Look at this one more scripture, Proverbs 25 and 28. This scripture is a trip. Check this out. Look at this, Proverbs 25 and, and, and 28. 
25 and 28. Uh, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Whoever has no rule, which means you're not able to govern and have dominion over your spirit, over your flesh. It says uh, uh, you're like a, a city that's broken down. In other words, you just have no boundaries. How many of y'all, when you was ungodly, you had some boundaries? You like, you know, like me, I had, there was things I did, but then there were certain things I'm like, I can't do that. Mom and them taught me better. Come on, somebody, I'm going to go old school on y'all. Mom and them was like, wait a minute, I, I, I was grown in fear of some things that my mom had said. So I'm like, I can't try, I can't indulge in that. But I'm going to go do this, though. <laughs> but we can put that text back up though he has no rule over his own spirit in other words you don't have dominion you don't have govern over your own it's like a city that's, that's broken down without walls that's not who we want to be let's make sure we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit number two study and meditate in the word that's another way that you get self control go to uh, 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 uh Second uh, uh, Timothy 2 and 15 we looked at this briefly on Sunday it'll be worth looking at again but look at this Second Timothy 2 and 15 if we can put that up in the new our King James King James version please Second uh, Timothy 2 and 15 it says study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly somebody say rightly dividing the word of truth and that is so important that we rightly divide the word of truth I know people that will twist the word to make it fit their situation. I've seen people, I'm like, no, brother, that's not, and I've never been to Bible college, but I'm like, brother, I'm going to go Bible college on you. That's not hermeneutically correct. Brother, you're not, you're not articulating that text right. I'm like, come on, man, you didn't put a twist on that to make that fit your situation. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't had to check some folk like, no, brother, that ain't what that mean. And they didn't been to Bible college. Now, it's interesting because I'm, I'm not going to throw Bible college under the bus, but I've known some guys that have come out of there jacked up. They came out of there with a whole bunch of head knowledge and thinking a certain way and let the professors tell them certain things. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You know, I'm like, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be nice tonight because I can go into some things that people have tried to tell me. No, no, that's not. Like, for instance, I know some guys, I, I'll just, I'll, this is a good one. I've seen some people that have told me that they said, well, I went to Bible college and we, I, they, they, they came against prosperity, so I don't preach prosperity at my church. I said, well, you're doing the people of God a disjustice when you don't teach on prosperity. Put up Acts chapter 20, I want to say verse 28. Uh, try 28 Acts 20 and 28 Acts 20 it's either, let me see this go, go to uh, yeah, uh, uh, go to tw- go to 20 Acts chapter 20 verse 27 20 Acts chapter 20 it says for I have not shunned which means I have not not hesitated to, to, to declare to you the, 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 the uh, unto you all somebody say all the counsel of God the new King James version says the whole council so God is he's pastors we have to teach the whole council you can't leave that element called prosperity out anybody in this building don't believe in prosperity amen I want to make sure because I was about to go to like 18 scriptures (laughs) y'all know I will too put up Job 36 and 11 Job 36 and 11. I'm like, how? If you obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. Put up, uh, put up uh, Genesis 26 and 12. So he said, if you obey me, you're going to spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasures. Uh, Isaac sold in the land and he reaped in the same year hundredfold and the Lord blessed him verse 13 and, and, and he began to prosper he continued prospering until he became very prosperous 
Oh, pastor, you all in the New Testament, our Old Testament. What the New Testament say? Go to John 10, 10. John 10, 10. The thief comes except to steal, kill, destroy. I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Look up that word life in the Greek is the word zoe, which means to have a God kind of like life in the earth. Not only that, it says, and that, that you uh, may have it more abundantly. Somebody say abundantly. Abundantly means surplus. It means more than enough. It means more than sufficient. Go to Philippians 4.19. One more uh, uh, New Testament scripture. Philippians uh, 4 and, and, and 19. Hallelujah. I can't believe that there are people that still don't believe that God wants them to be blessed. But Philippians uh, chapter 4, verse 19. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know delay does not mean denied? Here it comes. That's 18, but, but if we can go to 19. <laughs> and my God shall, somebody say shall. Shall means without doubt supply all, not some, all. Somebody say all. Your need according to his riches. And glory by Christ Jesus. Riches. He owns a cattle on a what? A thousand hills. He want to loose a cow in your life. He wants to loose favor in your life. Come on. He said in Luke 2.52, I'll give you favor with God and I'll give you favor with man. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of time, five keys of self-control. Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. Study and meditate in his word. Go to Psalm 1 and 2. Study and meditate. Look at this Psalm. It says, but if you delight in his law of the Lord and in his law, we meditate day and night. If we learn how to meditate, meditate means if we ponder on his word, if we reflect on his word, when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, it's important that you begin to reflect on God's word. It's important that you and I have a go-to scripture when we find ourselves between a rock and a hard place. You better have something in your arsenal, amen, to be able to combat the enemy with, amen. So number one, submit to the Holy Spirit. Number two, study, meditate in his word. Put up, let me show you how powerful God's word is. Put up Psalm 119, verse 11. Psalm 119, verse 11. He's, your, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. When we begin to study God's word, when we begin to meditate on God's word, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. In other words, David was saying that God's word, when you study and meditate and you really begin to grasp God's word, it'll give you the ability to not have as many human moments. And I like what he said. He said that I might. In other words, he was saying there's still a possibility. Can I get a witness up in here? How many of y'all know you didn't have the word all grounded in you and somebody went off and they got a reaction out of you and you had to repent? You're like, oh my God, I just cussed everybody out up in here. I'll just be like, man, that was Reggie. Like one time I was on a cruise. I could tell y'all this now. I was, you know, I've been going on cruises for like nine years, eight years. My first cruise, I'm on a cruise ship with my sons. We're playing basketball, which I didn't know they had basketball courts on cruise ships. So we hooping it up. Me and my sons, we running everybody. We on the hoop court for like four, nah, about two, two and a half, almost three hours. Well, we're playing, and this guy, he kept fouling me. And all I did, I came down one time, and I shot a three, and I was like, man, you better get up on me, man. I started, you know how you be feeling good about yourself when you're not... I'm like, ah. And so he gets up on me more tighter. And so the ball would be out of bounds and he's still elbowing me. Elbowing me. Just, ah. And I'm like, hey, man, you got to calm down with all that. This ain't the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers, man. Calm. Whatever. I'm trying to win. I'm like, I'm trying to win too, brother, but we're not getting the paycheck. Matter of fact, all 2,900 of us, they got our money. So he kept fouling me. And Reggie, now Pastor Still, Reggie was like, blue. He stumbled. 
And then my son Isaiah, who's 24 now, he was like 19, 18 back then. He had to grab the guy. And I told Isaiah, let him loose. <laughs> and I was already in my third year pastor. So, you know, I kept down on the DL. I'm like, I can't go back and tell Keith that I can tell y'all now because we almost 12. So it's been a minute. And so, so, and then dude got all upset. He left. I'm like, man, stay, let's finish. Not the fight, the game. Because the fight was already over. <laughs> so he's like, he left. And so later that night, my kids saw him at dinner. And me and my wife had dinner on another part of the ship. And so um, they, they, he ran into my kids and he said, hey, my wife was in the stands when, we, when, your husband, when your dad hit me. My wife said I was in error. Man, tell your dad I'm sorry. I was wrong. Da, 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 da. So then the next morning, I wake up my wife. I say, hey, I'm going to go grab some breakfast. And she says, well, you go. I'll come later. So I get out the bed, get dressed, hit the elevator. Guess who's in the elevator? <laughs> he sticks his hand out. He shakes my hand, says, hey, man, I'm sorry. Did your kids tell you that it was my bad? And I said, yeah, they told me last night. I said, man, it's all good. Now, what's the chances of me running into him? 2,900 people, almost 3,000 people on this ship. And then he, I hit the, elder, hit the button, and then there he is. And, and he apologized, but I have to admit, as the, we, you know, the day went on, I started feeling bad. Because I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to have self-control. I'm supposed to turn my cheek and give him the other one. Ain't that what the words say? But what did I tell y'all? My spirit is saved, but my flesh ain't. We're progressively. Is that what I said? I know what I'm talking about, because here I am, a pastor hitting people. But I'll tell anybody, you better defend yourself. <laughs> but anyway, I say all that to say, amen. I can teach on this kind of stuff because I've been there, done that. And we're talking AC days, not BC, because we all was a hot mess BC before Christ. But we're talking AC after Christ. We didn't have some human moments. We have had some hiccups. Amen. And that's why we have to get ourselves grounded in God's word. We have to be meditators. Amen. Because again, it says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might, I might not hit nobody. I might not cuss nobody out. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Am I preaching? <laughs> so study, meditate in the word. Amen? Even Jesus. Remember in Matthew 4, I got to run through this real quick. Remember Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Even Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Now remember, Satan, Satan was tempting him, told him, well, if you're the son of man, turn that rock into bread. He said, man, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. What was Jesus doing? Jesus was quoting Deuteronomy 8 and 3. That's why he said, it is written. He fought the enemy with the word. We as God's people, we as God's children, we have to fight the enemy with the word. Amen. So number two, study and meditate in his word. Number three, five keys to self-control, hunger and thirst after righteousness. God can change your appetite. God can change your craving. Matthew chapter five, verse six, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So that's my third thing. Another key to self-control is hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Then it says you will be filled. Number four, this is one of my favorites. Five keys to self-control. Number four, fast and pray. Stella, my 21-year-old daughter, I'll never forget, I, about a month before I started Kingdom, I went on a 21-day fast with just water. I didn't do, you know, 5 a.m. to 5 p.m. You eat at 5 p.m. I didn't eat anything for 21 days. I went from 219 to 193. And the reason why is because I wanted to get a closer walk with God because I knew I was getting ready to step into some major territory being a pastor. I don't wish pastoring on my worst enemy. <laughs> Let me show you why. Let me show you why. Let's go to James. 
When people ask me they want to be a pastor, I'd be like, for real? Look at this. Go, go, go to James. I'm going to show you why. James chapter 3. I was just looking at this yesterday. I hadn't seen this scripture in years. But James uh, chapter uh, 3. Uh, uh, uh. Go to verse 1. This is why I don't wish passing on my worst enemy. My brethren, let not many, somebody say many, of you become teachers. This is why. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. See, God going with y'all, he going to be like, come on in. You good. What's your name? Nikki, you good. What's your name? Dinah. Dinah, you good. This is my man, Victor. He fixed cars great. If you need to get your car fixed, he's that dude. <laughs> Amen. And what's your name? Renee. Come on in, Renee. You good. Denise, you, you, you good. But Reggie, mine's going to be extensive. Why? Because I'm a teacher. And he's given me the ability to influence, the ability to drop his word on people. And see, a lot of teachers have abilities to manipulate, to twist things. Turn seven times and your miracle going to be in the mailbox in seven days. God about to bless you with a, a stanking Lincoln. Anybody came from church and they prophesy cars and prophesy houses that some of us still ain't even got. But I need you to give a $5,000 seed. Where's the $5,000 line? You notice I don't do stuff like that. Now I believe sometimes God will move in certain ways to where he requires a seed from us. Amen. Because I believe your seed can meet your need and I believe in all of that. But I don't believe in manipulation. Amen. And coming in my church and hoeing the people. Because I got to answer to that. God going to be like, you know, so-and-so had a reputation and you let them just come in and just rape the people. Again, I believe in seed, I believe in sowing, but I don't bring manipulators in my pulpit that God has entrusted me with. You understand what I'm saying? You don't even know people that have called me dark, still. When you gonna bring me in? First of all, that's not even etiquette. Why are you calling me to preach at my church? When have I ever called you to preach for you? Proverbs 18, 16 says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. You ain't got to be running around. Dog, I'm in your city. You just so happen to be in my city. So at the end of the day, my judgment, y'all weak up in here. Y'all like, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I got to give an account. But go back to the text. Go back to the text. Go back. Brother, and let it not be many of you become teachers knowing that, that, that we shall receive a stricter judgment. That's why, man, this ain't nothing to play with. Let me finish. Five keys of self-control. Fast. Pray. Go to Isaiah 58 and 6. Isaiah 58 and 6. Remember, I was telling you that 21-day fast that I went on with just water. Now, let me drop this on you real quick. Just because I did that, don't, 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 don't get an unction. I'm going to go try that. You better make sure you hear from God. You, come again? Before you meet him doing that. Before you meet him doing that. Before you what? Meet him doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, don't, 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 don't do that. You make sure you hear from God. If this is, is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose bonds of wickedness. To undo heavy burdens. Part of the reason why I went on that 21-day fast with water before I started kingdom is because I was burdened down because I knew what I was getting into. My mom and dad have been pastoring for 30 years. My great-grandfather pastored for 53 years. So I'm like, I tried to run from that because I knew, my God in heaven, I'm about to be in some demonic warfare. 
satanic attacks. The very people that celebrate you going to cremate you. The people that told you you was the next thing to slice bread two, three years later, they're going to tell you, uh, I ain't getting fed no more. We moving on. So there's a lot of letdown and disappointment that comes with being a pastor. And if you got thin skin, you in the wrong business. Your skin better be thick. You got to be able to take it on the chin. Like even today, Greg could tell you, I got this long email from a former member just falling out. And he says, I'm not writing this with, from emotionalism. Well, why is it three pages? Why are you still crying about me firing you? I was nice to you. I brought you in my office. And when I fired you, I even gave you another paycheck and helped you out with some severance. I even prayed for you. Because I've learned sometimes you got to hire slow and fire quick. Uh, y'all see, that's, see, y'all shouldn't even be sharing this with y'all. That's called the business side of ministry because I don't hire people to fire people. But if you're not a good fit behind the scenes, how many of y'all work in corporate America? If you become a liability, they're going to bring you in. They're going to write you up. And after about the second, third write-up, they're going to be like, hey, this is not working. But I think it stings a little bit more because it's the church. And we're just supposed to be best buds and praise the Lord, everybody. No, when you work for me, I need you to work. We don't, we're not sitting around quoting scripture to each other. I need you to knock out these phone calls. What did them first-time visitors say? Did they like us or did they hate us? Did you call the salvation rededication people? Did you speak into their life? Did you drop a word on them? Did you go see the sick? I remember one time I had a person here that worked here. She loved preaching, but when it came to hospital visits and going to visit the sick, she didn't have an appetite for that. Well, I don't like to see the babies and I don't like to go pray for people. I just want to preach. Well, you need to go be evangelist. You need to go travel around the country. Because, see, that's the difference between an evangelist and a pastor. A shepherd, shepherd's heart is going to go see the sick. Like today, I went and preached to 25 senior citizens that's all death warmed over. They, can I get a witness, Greg? They all 80 plus, but I preached my heart out to them 25 and told them the Lord is our shepherd. We not, God is blessing them and your latter shall be greater than your former. I don't have to go to places like that. I pastor one of the biggest churches in Arizona. I don't have to go to Teen Challenge and preach to them for free. And I do it every other month. And we take them a check. Can I get a witness? So you got to be sincere. You got to be authentic. Because I know some guys that have gotten to this level, they ain't going to no senior citizen home. You're not going to go preach to a whole bunch of drug addicts at Teen Challenge. But you don't forget where you come from. I was Teen Challenge. Never been in Teen Challenge, but I understand the struggle of drugs. I understand the struggle, amen, of weed and the struggle of alcohol and the struggle of low self-esteem and insecurity. So I still have a heart for the underdog because I am one. People underestimated me. People counted me out. But God has blessed me, anointed me, appointed me, and approved me for such a time as this. And I like to go around to places like senior citizen homes, teen challenge, and tell them you have been anointed, appointed, and approved. And if people have written you off, that's good because God didn't. Somebody give God praise in this place. Look at your neighbor and say, God didn't write you off. People might write you off. But God don't write us off. He said in Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I told y'all, my mom told me when I started this church, I said, mom, give me some wisdom. Give me some insight. How am I going to do this? She said, humble is the way. I thought she was going to give me a deep revelation. <laughs> the Lord thy God. Shanda, Shanda. No, she said, humble is the way. That's James 4.10.
Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He said, in, in due time, I'll exalt you. But as God began to elevate you and take you to big places, don't think you can't go minister to the little people. And I didn't minister to thousands of people, amen, in New Zealand, Australia. Last Sunday of January, I'm preaching in London. And mid-March, I'm preaching in Cape Town and Johannesburg to thousands of people. But I'm going to come right back here and be at that senior citizen home. I'm going to be right back at Teen Challenge telling those gentlemen that Jesus is Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, humble is the way. So when God began to promote you, when God began to elevate you, and you get your pay raise, and they put you in the big office, don't trip. I was with one of my friends. He's, matter of fact, he was here Sunday, Apostle Wilson. Y'all know Apostle Wilson? We were together one day in Chicago. I preached at his church, and we were talking, and we were talking about a certain individual. Amen? And he said, man, when he was little, you know, he really wasn't a nobody. He was humble, you know, and he said, man, the minute that he started getting the name, he said, still, he went big nigga on me. <laughs> now, I got to admit to y'all, I didn't, I never heard that term before. <laughs> I was like, brother, you got to articulate that to me. You know, I'm a little slow. <laughs> I knew what he was saying. But I was like, don't, 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 don't do that. Stay humble. Amen? Because the, the more humble you are, the more God will trust you with his favor. I believe that's one of the things that he's, he's the favor of God is looking for a place to land. But it's only going to land on the humble. That's why I was on that 21 day fast because I said, God, God told me what's going to take 20 years. I'm going to do it for you in four. But you need to fast because when I do it, I need to crush your ego. This ain't sports. Because, you know, when you play sports, you better have some swag on the field. You better have a little bit of ego because somebody trying to knock your head off. So you got to go out there and have an edge, some type of leverage on your opponent. He says, but in my kingdom, that don't ride. That's why I love what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 15 and 10, verse 9. He said, I'm the least of the apostles. But verse 10, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, he says, but I am who I am. Because of the grace of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labor more. Somebody say more. Abundantly than they all, which sounds very arrogant. He was letting it be known. I've planted more churches than all y'all. And you disciples, y'all walked with Jesus and I didn't. But look at what I've done. But then he flipped it and said, yet not I. Somebody say, yet not I. Yeah. When God begin to bless you, you better be like, yet not I. Yet not I. Stay humble. Then it said, but the grace of God which was, in, which was within me, so he gave all the glory to the grace of God. I stand before you tonight, almost 12 years as a pastor, I am who I am because of the grace of God. Grace meaning his divinity, his divine enabling power. It's his divinity that is hooked up with my humanity. Because in my humanity, me and you are limited. Oh, but when his divinity hooks up with our humanity, you start looking like a genius. I actually look like I know what I'm doing. Can I get a witness up in here? You're like, I still know what he's doing. He didn't, didn't nail down this land, and we got this 10 acres, and we own the building, and we got equity, like a little over 2 million in equity. And we bought a building for 3.4 million, and five Thursdays ago it appraised at 5.6 million. That ain't bad for a church that's almost 12. That's pretty good. That's the grace of God. Come on, man. Y'all looking at a college dropout. I couldn't believe all the people that I said, if you graduated from college, raise your 8 o'clock service, 9.30 service, 11.30, that submitted yourself to an uneducated pastor. <laughs> My finance lady, the principal's list. I'm like, man, I was going to the principal when I was getting in trouble. <laughs> she, principal's list. But it's interesting 
how God will put his grace on certain people. Not saying it's not on those individuals, but I believe you come here because you know, hey, the grace of God is obviously on that individual. And I believe that the grace of God is on you because it's really the grace of God that even brings us to where we are. And I believe that grace is going to take us the rest of the way. Let me give you the fifth thing because the fourth thing was, remember, fast. Fasting. If fasting will cause you to have self-control. And the last thing is, um, what did I put up there? To have a, a, a deeper relationship with God. If you want to have self-control in your life, you have to have a deeper relationship. You ever met somebody? I go to church. I didn't ask you if you go to church. That's cute. That's awesome. I'm glad you go to church. That's great. We should be in church. But do you have a relationship with God? It will be a travesty for you to come here Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, and you don't have a relationship. And the reason why I can say that, I went to church for years. I went to church. Didn't have no relationship with God. I wasn't praying. Read the Bible. What? I was having a religious experience. Can I get a, anybody been there? Anybody going to be honest with you? You ain't always showed up on no Wednesday night. You knew God. You knew of God. Put up Daniel 11.32. This is my last scripture. I'm going to leave y'all alone. It's already 8.30. Kids probably antsy up there. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, they shall be corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God, and then say that you know of him, because it says, but the people who know that are in relationship with their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. See, when you have a relationship with God and you really know him, you will eventually begin to do exploits. I believe kingdom is doing exploits even now. And I believe as a church, we're just scratching the surface. And you got to remember this, people of God, and I'm going to finish right here. When I say kingdom, I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about these 10 acres. I'm not talking about this building. Me and you make up kingdom. God knew who he, just who he needed to be here. You're not here by coincidence. Psalm 37 and 23 says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He knew just who you needed to be connected to. And he knew who I needed to be connected to. To make this thing move. And now here we are. Almost 12 and almost 2 years in this community. Making an impact taking this zip code for Jesus and guess what kingdom we're just getting started if you believe that somebody give God a hand praise in this place hallelujah glory to God